Thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It is Friday, November the 25th, 2022. It's the day after Thanksgiving. If you're like me, you've got some pots and pans yet to clean. You've got a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of transitions to make in terms of your decor. Yep, it's time for the fall decor to be put away and the Christmas decor to make its way out. There might also be some leftovers to be shared. I don't know. What else are you doing today? Um, In my family, today starts the countdown to Christmas. That's exactly right. The countdown to Christmas has begun. Now, the Hallmark Channel got a little ahead of us this year. Their countdown to Christmas actually started like, I don't know, back on the 19th. But how about you? Um, has your count, you got a countdown to Christmas plan? We traditionally call that the season of Advent. And one of the ways we are going to acknowledge and participate in the season of Advent here at Faith Radio is that we're going to read the Bible together during Advent. So we're going to encourage you to join us in that You go to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up today to join us in reading the Bible together during Advent. What what better practice could you engage in during um, the countdown to Christmas than to literally count down the days and growing anticipation of the coming of Christ the King? So encourage you uh, to do that today. Um, When you when you think about how you prepare yourself for the arrival um, of someone to your home or the arrival of someone in your life. How do you go about making room for them? I had to make some room this past week for, you know, some some guests over Thanksgiving. And I realize it requires some rearranging of um, of our life in our house. It also uh, requires a lot of communication in terms of who's going to be where at what time doing what with whom and how many places need to be set at a table and Who's going to pick up who and who's got what car and these people, you know, need this there. And yeah, there's a lot going on. Well, the same holds true as we anticipate the arrival of Jesus on the scene. And so we need to prepare ourselves. Um, And I think that taking time to genuinely prepare our hearts and minds for the advent of Christ Jesus is a good thing to consider on this day after Thanksgiving. We are, you know, we're over the turkey hump. Let's be now preparing ourselves for the reality of the coming of Christ the King. There's still time for you to get together uh, an Advent plan um, and certainly time for you to plan to be in worship this coming Sunday at the church of your choice. Like every church is going to be observing some season of anticipation and preparation for the arrival of Christmas. There, this is how we do this in Christian community. And so, you know, if you've been saying to yourself, gosh, I really, I haven't really gotten back to church since COVID, um, or maybe you're a new believer and nobody's ever like recommended, hey, this is a really good Sunday to start going to church. Well, guess what? The first Sunday of Advent, which is this coming Sunday, is a great time to start going to church. Why? It's actually the first day um, of the 
like liturgical Christian year. Like this is it. Starts starts for us at Advent. Um, and we live in this joyful anticipation and prepare ourselves for the arrival of Jesus. And then we we celebrate Christmas for 12 days. The 12 days of Christmas actually don't start now, although a lot of people are going to feel like that. Um, but Christmas actually, you know, starts on Christmas Day. It goes for 12 days. And so I guess I would just invite you um, into maybe a different way of thinking this year about Advent and Christmas. If this is something you've never engaged in before, maybe this could be the year that you add this into your intentional practice. Um, and if you say to yourself, you know, gosh, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need a season of Advent to get me ready for Christmas. Are you sure? Because that sounds kind of humbuggish to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, just straight up. It's a little bit what it sounded like from here. Um, all right. We are going to um, talk today. We're going to spend some time um, talking today with Justin Whitmill early. We, um, we've been talking about uh, the theology of parenting. We, we ran a segment of this conversation yesterday in the Thanksgiving Day program. Again, these are special editions of Mornings with Carmen uh, here on the Faith Radio Network. So, yes, you're listening to a recorded show. That doesn't surprise you because you know I'm probably with my people doing my thing today. I hope you're with your people doing your thing today, too. Thank you for including me in your day. Justin Whitmull Early, um, you remember him from The Common Rule. We've been talking about a theology of parenting. Like everything in our lives happens out of a theology of some kind. And so sometimes we would ask somebody, well, what's your theology of women's ministry? Or what's your theology of youth ministry? Or what's your theology of giving? Or what's your theology of, go down the list. Well, what's your theology of parenting? How is that framed? Where are you getting your ideas about parenting? And how are you applying those in the life of your child? There's also an opportunity here if, like me, you're now a grandparent to develop a theology of grand parenting as well. So next up, our conversation with Justin Whitmill early on this special day after Thanksgiving edition of Mornings with Carmen. Joining us again today, Justin Early. You can find what we're talking about at Justin's website, justinwhitmullearly.com. The links will be in the show notes today at myfaithradio.com as well. Hey, Justin, welcome back. Hey, Carmen, how are you? I'm well, thank you. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we started or embarked on this conversation about the theology of parenting. Um, And so I thought maybe we could just quickly review... um, the, the things we covered in our prior conversation, because we talked about atonement, we talked about living with our attention um, turned toward God, and we talked about incarnation and the, and the theology of parenting related to that. So can you just briefly um, review those three um, portions of the conversation? Absolutely. I mean, the short idea is that parenting forms the way that we think about God and our own life. And there's a lot of things that we can learn about theology that don't come from books, but that actually come from the acts of parenting. Like, for example, we could read a lot about atonement, and that's good, but nothing quite teaches you about atonement like the way of being a parent where you realize that you need to sacrifice in order for your kids to live, just like God has sacrificed in order for us to live. Or the idea of quorum Deo is the idea that our main you know, what for in life is to live before the face of God. And nothing will remind you 
what that means, like being a parent and realizing that your kids long for your face, they long for your attention. We talked about incarnation and the idea that God is not content just to tell us things. He wants to be with us. And we see that too in parenting. The more that you parent, the more that you realize, oh, my kids don't just need my messages. They do, but they also need my presence. They need me with them. So I really like thinking about how to explore these rich theological concepts through the acts of parenting as a way to realize that God is working in our lives through parenting. Yeah, I love that. So this entire series is available at Justin's website, and also if you follow him on Instagram, Justin Whitmill Early. Um, All right, so let's um, survey um, the next few today, sanctification, creation, grace, and truth. But I'd actually like to start with the issue that you list last, because it's the reality of evil. And I actually think that talking about evil is really essential to our understanding of ourselves and our kids. And and if we don't have a working theology of evil in our parenting, like we're uh, we're gonna find ourselves mm. um, uh, like right up against an enemy that we can't defeat. That's yeah, that's good. So let's start there because it is uncomfortable, and there's a tension. I don't know if I'd call it a paradox, but there's a tension, and the tension is that that evil really, really is real. It's a reality in the world that we would ignore to our own peril. And the way that it's real is not just that it's out there in the world. That's definitely true. But it's also in here, in our hearts, in our families, in our homes, right? Evil is real. But the tension is that despite all this chaos and even evil we see in the world and in ourselves, there is one fact that is way more important than all of that, and that is that God will win. He will triumph over evil. His Death and resurrection is a sign that the back of evil is broken and that good will win. And so I think what the ways that we can see that play out in our parenting is that we, we have to acknowledge that there are, you know, there's a war out there for the hearts of ourselves and the hearts of our children. There are dangerous things to protect our kids from, and we should give attention to that. But we got to parent through a faith that realizes that God is the ultimate victor over evil, not us which means that we can't control everything in our kids' life. We, we are not the ones who will ultimately deliver them from evil. And I think that gives us both a humility and a hope that God is more powerful than us, and we don't need to be afraid. We can just be attentive. Yeah, and if I am obsessively trying to protect my child from everything, um, mm. I am not preparing them to live on their own as a resilient person in right relationship to God, um, as his agent in a world where the devil's always prowling around looking for a way in, like right, because I'm not right. always going to, I'm literally not always going to be there for my kid. That's right. But and I mean, but God you, is. You teach your children to swim. You know, you teach your so- children how to mm. deal with life in dangerous situations. You certainly just don't let them flounder, but you mm-hmm. can't hold them up all the time either. And I think there's a real, real metaphor here that your, your job is not to worry, but it's about to teach them how to walk into the world, name evil for what it is, but hope in God. And, and worry and fear don't have a place in that. Amen. Amen. I mean, as you're talking about teaching to swim, I'm thinking about teaching to drive. But there you go. Um, <laughs> there all right. Go. We're going um, to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Justin Early. We're going to talk about the theology of parenting related to creation, 
sanctification, grace and truth. Oh, and I almost forgot, which is ridiculous to say so, but resurrection. Yeah, <laughs> all of that up next. Train up a child in the way he should Give him the tools that he needs. We're talking with Justin Early about a series of um, reflections that he has posted at his website, Justin Whitmull Early. Dot com. The conversation is about the theology of parenting. All right, so um, let's talk about sanctification. How is mm. sanctification like experienced and expressed in the life of a family? Well, the sanctification is a wonderful idea that God isn't done with us after salvation, but he insists on using the same principles of salvation, that is grace, to continue to make us into new people. And you think about this all the time as a parent, right? Because you're always asking the question, how do you discipline or motivate your kids to become new and better and more well-behaved, more Christ-honoring children? And the temptation of a parent is often to you know, control um, or use maybe anger or shame as tools for that to try to push them into the right kind of person. And sanctification is a wonderful reminder that that's actually not how God comes to us. God comes to us through grace and love, grace to forgive what we've done and love to call us forward. And that's just, if you just take that paradigm and substitute it into your household and think, how do I give my children grace for what they've done, but love to call them forward? You are talking about a whole new set of practices in the household, which is exactly the point. And parenting is a wonderful place to explore this theology and practice of sanctification. Yeah, we're not going to use shame or guilt. Um, there's going to be a lot less screaming, right? Um, <laughs> right, right. A lot more, a lot more deep breaths and counting to twenty. Um, yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, talk with yeah. us about um, creation and particularly in relationship to like love and the word. Yeah, well, I am probably obsessed with. Genesis is the right word. I think if you asked me what my favorite passage of the Bible was, it would be Genesis 1 through 3. And one of the parts that I love about it is watching God create the world literally through words, right? His words create life. And there's so many things to talk about in the theology of creation, but that's the one I want to latch on to in parenting. Um, his words of love for creation and us create reality. And when you're a parent, you need to be radically attentive to the, the way that you are so much of an image bearer of God that your words have the power to create real life in your children. You can shape their lives through your words, but because we are fallen, we can also wreak havoc in our children's lives through our words. You know, for example, through anger or shame, like we just talked about. So paying attention to the words that you use and how you speak the words of love, speak the words, I'm, I'm proud of you, I'm with you, I won't leave you, um, we can work through this. Whatever stage of life you're at with your kids, your words are, can be the words of life. And I just want to na name that power and get us to think about how powerful our words are. When you, um, when you say that Genesis 1 through 3, like, you know, provides this most es essential lens through which to understand God and ourselves and the world and redemption, the cross and the kingdom. Um, it occurs to me that like the other book end of that is literally Revelation 21 and 22. And mm. so those, you know, the opening three chapters of the Bible in conversation with the last two chapters of the Bible um, absolutely provides this 
frame that you're talking about from creation to new creation and literally from word to word. I mean, from from the first word yes. to the last. Yeah, yes. so cool. All right, we're talking with Justin Early. You can find um, the series of um, of pieces that we're talking about, um, his theology of parenting on his website, justinwhitmillearly.com. Justin, let's um, let's jump into grace and truth. Yes, grace and truth. This is related to the sanctification idea of how do we call our kids forward. And I think one of the things that I take joy in is that Jesus is truthful. He's not content to leave me where I am. He will tell me what is wrong, but he is gracious. When he comes to me to do that, he is not coming in anger or shame, but in love. And taking those two together, the idea that it's okay in our marriages and in our lives with our children to speak the words of truth to them is so important. We need a parent, right? We need a parent. Our kids need a parent to tell us what we're doing wrong or what is going wrong. But we need a parent who does that graciously. So whether you know this is toddlers or teens, we as parents can constantly learn about how to become more like Christ by thinking about how do I approach my child with this grace and with truth at the same time. All right. And then finally, which I said earlier that your final uh, thought was about evil, but actually the final thought is, fortunately, is about no. <laughs> res- I know, fortunately, no, it's about resurrection. And, um, and I did, I did have a note on that. I just uh, was seeing my notes on evil uh, more profoundly in the moment. So talk with us about resurrection, which, you know, surely we ought never leave off the list in terms of our theology of anything. Yeah. Well, that's actually a a nice little metaphor of it is easy to see all the brokenness in the world Mm. and forget where we are actually headed. You know, we're talking about creation to revelation. Two of the most important things we can know in the world is what are we made for? You know, what, Mm. what, who made us and why? And that's what Genesis teaches us. And revelation teaches us, well, where are we going? You know, what, where is this all ending? And this is the, you know, wonderful and astounding reality that the best is yet to come that because jesus really did rise from the dead that is a promise of our future too and so when we think about well where are we going and what's this headed for the reality is yeah evil will not win neither will death even though death and evil abound now but rather we as families and as individuals and as a church we are looking for a future where we are raised again to a communal life with god that is full of joy and presence. And there's so many things that you could draw from that, but I think one that's particularly important for parents is just that your work matters now. It will be resurrected, it will be refined, the good parts of it will be brought out. And I think just that remembrance that there's meaning in what we do now and that we're headed towards a good place gives us that sort of athletic endurance where you can see the end and you say it's worth it i'll keep running i'll keep working and parents amongst everybody need that they need the reminder that in your crazy years with your teen or in these diaper years with your toddler or wherever you are in between your work is not in vain god will use this and he will steward it to his good end in the kingdom to come and that's a power we need to draw on now we need to remember where we're going well, I have myself hoping that this is um, this is at least a book proposal, if not already in the works, um, because it's so very good, the theology of parenting. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Justin, because I like to make assignments and, and think about what's next, 
you're a Christian, you're a husband, you're a dad, you are thoughtful. You're also an attorney, a lawyer, a trained lawyer. And so maybe next, if you haven't done it already, and if you have, then I want to tee it up for a conversation. Maybe you could help us consider like a working theology of justice and Mm. the relationship of law and grace in our everyday relationships and in our common life as a people, because we seem as if we are in living in serious division because we don't have either a relationship um, where we understand how important law is like Mm -hmm. for us as a people, the rule of law, but then also what it looks like to live in, in relationships that are governed more by grace than by rule keeping. Wow. You're speaking my language, Carmen, because I, as I became a lawyer, I had this realization that my parents named me Justin, which means man of justice. <laughs> and they named me that for a reason. It's because my dad actually was beginning the practice of law around the time I was born. And I've had this sort of idea the past nearly decade of that maybe part of my call is to learn what my name means, learn what mm. it actually means to be a people of justice. And so I do, I do have a lot of thoughts as a lawyer, but um, also humble ones as somebody who's still learning because this is a wild time where America, I think, is once again trying to figure out what, what, what does it mean to be just? And we will never, and here's where we can leave it, we'll never answer that question unless we understand the justice that is contained in the love of God. We will never get to the right answer. And I think one of the things that the church can do is teach America what it means to create a just society. And that is our call. We've got to do that. Yeah. And and at the cross, we have this, you know, this holiness of God, this perfect justice and and grace or love, you know, actually like kissing. And so, you know, yes. there, there's there's something yes. there for us. There's clearly something there for us as Christians. There's in the a lot today. there for us. One of the things I was astounded to learn in law school, and I'll keep this very brief, was that we've all but given up on the idea of reconciliatory justice. Most of our mm. just, most of our law, is informed by retribution, how to pay somebody back for what they've done. That is far short of the Christian theology of justice. That God's love and discipline is primarily to bring us back to relationship. Yes, yeah, He's. He understands that something has gone wrong and punishment is real, but the idea of reconciling people back together is just not something our criminal justice system really is built on. What could we do about that is a very, very fascinating question. Okay, we, we need to explore that further. That is, that's be so helpful. Justin, as always, it's always just a gift to talk with you. Thank you for the blessing of these conversations. You guys need to check out Justin's website, Justin Whitmull early.com. I'll drop all the links um, from today's conversation in the show notes later today at myfaithradio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. This is a kingdom. Coming down to the corners of the earth. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation um, with Justin Whitmore early. Um, I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is a special episode of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network on this day after Thanksgiving. Kind of wonder what you're out there doing today. What are you up to? Where are you going? Who are you seeing? Is today like Christmas card day for you? Is it put up the tree day? Is it put up the lights day? I don't know. I like, I like, I like yearn to know what everybody's doing on this day after Thanksgiving. Um, are you out and about? Are you doing your thing? Are you eating leftovers? 
If you missed my leftover recipes, you can go back and get those um, from the top of the first hour today at MyFaithRadio.com. Uh, all right, we are going to um, spend some time um, talking with Angela Smith. She is a colleague here at the Faith Radio Network, and we're going to talk about our Reading the Bible Together Advent opportunity. Advent starts in just a couple of days. Don't you want to read through the Bible together with us during Advent? That conversation up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Angie Smith might be one of my favorite people in um, the whole world. So when um, when I have occasion to be in studio um, in the Twin Cities at the home office of Faith Radio uh, on the campus of the University of Northwestern St. Paul, I um, I stay with the Smith family um, and they haul me around and take me to all kinds of wonderful places and share wonderful experiences and so, Angie, what a delight to uh, get to talk with you here on air today. I am so excited to be here, Carmen. And we love when Carmen comes and stays with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. So, Angie is um, the producer for Susie Larson Live here on the Faith Radio Network. She's also the producer for our Reading the Bible Together program, series, The Cool Thing That We Do. So you can find it at MyFaithRadio.com. We want you to sign up today to join us starting November the 27th. Um, in our Advent Reading the Bible Together series. Um, talk with us about, here's the things I want to cover. I want to talk about reading the Bible together. I want to talk about why that's important. I want to talk about the way that you are leading us into um, studying Scripture, which is this Lectio Divina. And then I want to talk about Advent and maybe the parts of the Reading the Bible Together Advent series. So which one do you want to start with? Why don't we just start with the first one? All right. That sounds good. Um, well, why would we read the Bible together? Well, I think, you know, after the last few years, people are feeling lonely and they're feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like, well, there's nothing like reading the word together. There's nothing like sitting down with, with friends, with like, you know, with people that want to study God's word and getting in there and, and seeing oh, one of my favorite things is sitting in a circle of people going through a scripture. And it's like, it's like that scripture is a statue and I'm standing on one side of it and I can only see one side of it. But hearing mm -hmm. other people's thoughts and perspectives, especially people who have a different, you know, life experience, who have a different background, to hear them talk about that scripture feels like I get to kind of see the other side of the statue and I get to, to get to a rounder understanding of what that scripture means. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about, um, you know, opening the word of God in, um, in conversation and places and spaces that are really, really different than, you know, the place where I live and what I experience in day to day mm -hmm. life. And so I'm, when we open, when we have the privilege to open the Bible, let's say with, um, a person who I'm thinking here about opening it with orphans in Malawi when I had occasion to visit in 2009. Um, and all the things that I thought I knew about some stories of scripture, you know, the lens through which they're reading them in terms of their own experience, um, so utterly different. And yet mm -hmm. these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I think that reading in community helps me gain a perspective, um, that I'm lacking all by myself. 
And, you know, and if we're inviting the Holy Spirit to illuminate us individually and corporately, um, we may be led to the truth in a way that on our own, we might have wandered um, off into a path that that is actually not the truth. Right. And scripture also says that when two or more are gathered, that he's mm-hmm. there with them. And so to, to collectively come together, to collectively come together and read scripture and to be praying through scripture, praying through the, you know, there's, there's power in that. So that's why I do it together because there's power in doing it together. And I think an encouragement and there's a sense of accountability. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When oh, you're totally. like, all these yes. other people are reading it. So I, I, you know, I need to stay on top of this because life is busy and it's really easy to, to just, to just not get it done. And I'm speaking from experience. Uh, yeah, I think it, it, and it, it, what you're pointing to there is it protects us from that sort of personal interpretation mm-hmm. yeah. right? where, you know, God said this to me. Well, God has said. And so let's be sure that we're all um, seeing what God has said, um, because, you know, what God has said to me is very likely influenced by my own rationalization of what I want to, to hear. hear God say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Well, and we so, also had another realization that, you know, where the station is across the street from the University of Northwestern St. Paul, which is this treasure trove of people who have studied scripture, made it their life and their career to study scripture. And we thought, well, let, maybe we can partner and maybe we can not only read the Bible together, but we can provide some of that of what you're talking about, provide some of the background, provide some of the historical context socioeconomic context and a little bit of the background of the scripture and have this opportunity because not everybody gets the opportunity to study scripture like that. And Mm -hmm. so to, you know, to to get a taste of that, to be able to offer new ways of studying scripture or just, I think scripture can be intimidating too. And so to, to give an opportunity of dip, dip your toe in the water here. This is, you know, safe space, jump, jump in the pool, you know, come with us do this with us. You're not alone in this. Angie Smith and I are inviting you to join us in reading the Bible together in our Advent series. You can um, you can sign up today at myfaithradio.com. It's free. Uh, the water is, um, is cozy, so come on in. <laughs> um, all right, now we're going to throw out um, uh, some Latin words, and we're going to say, okay, now don't freak out and be scared. Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina, Latin for divine reading. It's a it's a traditional way of reading scripture. Can you introduce it to us? Yeah, um, it's a monastic practice of reading scripture. And what you do is you meditate and prayer, you know, and it promotes communication with God to increase knowledge of God's word. So it's picking a, a passage of scripture, something that's usually shorter on the shorter side. And, you know, before enter, it's being very mindful when you're when you're listening and when you're praying through this scripture, because just speaking from experience, I can be a little task oriented and I'm just going to check, check, check. I did that. I read my, you know, I read my scripture, but what I love about Lectio is that it causes me to pause, to breathe deeply and to focus and to stay focused and to listen. You were talking earlier with your guest about the importance of listening to God. Lectio gives us an opportunity to stop to read scripture and then just to just sit quietly and listen for what God has for us in that scripture. And so it's a, it's a practice that we're going to be going through during this study and we'll, um, we'll do it each day. Faith Radio has a good news verse of the day every day. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to take that verse 
and apply Lectio Divina to it every day on the podcast. Wait, tell us that again. So in the Reading the Bible Together Advent series, there's going to be matched up with the Faith Radio um, verse of the day. Yeah. That that seems like a really smart plan. <laughs> right. We are so excited. <laughs> We're like, oh, the, all, the whole river is going the same way. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk more with Angie Smith in just a moment um, about the upcoming Advent Reading the Bible Together. You can sign up for it today for free, MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. We're talking with Angie Smith, producer for Susie Larson Live here on the Faith Radio Network. We're talking with her about the Reading the Bible Together um, series that we do here um, at Faith Radio. Angie is the producer. She's also the voice of the podcast that's related to the Reading the Bible Together series. We've got Advent coming up. We're going to be reading the Bible together during Advent starting November the 27th. Um, and it's paired up. It's aligned. It's... Uh, uh, what do you call it when two things are, you know, brought Synergy. together? Mm-hmm, nice. It's synergized <laughs> with the Faith Radio's um, Growing verse faith. of the day. Yes, thank you. Growing your faith verse of the day. So, um, super fun. You can sign up for all of it at MyFaithRadio.com. Let's talk about Advent. What is Advent and what are we going to be thinking about during this particular season of Advent? Well, like I've been talking about with, you know, even the approach to scripture that sometimes it, it can be easy because life is busy to, for it to be a checklist. And there are mm. lots of things to get done between now, you know, from when Advent, well, you know what, from now, <laughs> from now until Christmas, really, it just feels like every week, everything is amping up. Things are getting busier and busier and busier. Lots of things on your calendar. If you've got children, there's lots of concerts or parties. And we wanted to, Advent is a time for it means arrival. So it's preparing for the arrival. So Advent is a time to to be able to, again, like the Lectio, which is why we're coupling them together, to just still yourself, to slow yourself down and to dwell in and with God, who is sending the God with us, who's sending Emmanuel, to, to, you know, to really focus on the coming, remembering Jesus coming, but then also, you know, we've been having conversations lately about, you know, to live expectantly and, Mm. and, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, there's the, the, the expectation that the Israelites felt with, you know, the 400 years of silence waiting for their Messiah and then he comes. And so there's that waiting. And now we're waiting, we're remembering him coming and waiting for his second coming. And so, you know, just living in that expectancy and, you know, for me, that speaks to hope which is one of the mm-hmm. themes of Advent. But, you know, how can we li- live expectantly expectantly of what God is going to do, you know, a- aware of what God is going to do, that God is with us and we are with Him. Whether or not we feel that way, that's true. And sometimes we just need to still, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes I need to still myself enough to be aware of that, to be aware of Him with me and to quiet myself enough so that I can hear His gentle whisper to me as well. So this that's what this is about. This is about stilling yourself as we're preparing for the Christmas season. Stillness, preparation, dwell, abide, hope, anticipate. 
there's like so many thoughts and themes related to Advent. Um, and then there's all these characters who stand around the manger and, you know, flow into the story. There is this history of the inbreaking of God into human history, like the initiation of the kingdom upon the earth um, that's, you know, not yet fully realized, but this, you know, this whole idea of a cradled king. Jesus is no less king of kings and lord of lords when he's a baby in a manger or a baby in the womb than he is right now, seated at the right hand of the Father and eventually coming in power again to judge the living and the, and the dead, the second advent. All of those are advent themes, advent thoughts. And we take time during the season of advent to still ourselves and pause, as Angie has said, to reflect on those realities. Who is this who comes? Why does he come? What, what is he planning to do when he gets here? Why is he coming back? What's that all about? Um, who are you anticipating when you anticipate God putting on human flesh to dwell among us? And what does that mean for God to be with you right now? What does it mean for God to be with you right now? And what does it mean for you to be with him? Those are all um, Advent themes. Angie, when you think about this particular upcoming season of Advent and um, the Reading the Bible Together series, um, are there? Are, does it break down into particular themes this year in terms of our study together? Yes, every Sunday or whenever people choose to do it. But we're thinking, you know, on Sunday, you're going to cover an Advent theme. So we have hope, peace, love, and joy that we'll cover on Sundays. And then during the week, like we were, we've been talking about, we'll do the Growing Your Faith verse, doing Lectio, applying Lectio to that during the week. And so on Sundays, there'll be, you'll have the study guide, there'll be a, a longer podcast with a guest that I host um, talking about that theme and, you know, fleshing that theme out a little bit. And then during the week, there'll be shorter, more devotional um, studies that go with that. Ooh. And it'll just be the, the podcast will be the only place that you'll find those. The lect, the instructions for how you walk yourself through Lectio is going to be in the study guide, but then you need to listen to the podcast or subscribe to the, to the email that goes out with our Growing Your Faith verses. Um, and then you can have the verses and do the Lectio on your own as well. I really like listening to scripture. So mm -hmm. that's why I like the, the podcast. And, and we'll actually, it's the same person on the, that you'll be hearing on the radio all day that day will be on the podcast reading the scripture for us as well. Nice. So we're excited. I know we're so excited. <laughs> Sounds like a confluence of all kinds right? of great ideas. Yeah. I like your, I like your image of the rivers all flowing in one direction. Right. Yeah. Yes. We're very it's good. excited. It's good. Um, um, how can we encourage you today? You know, there's, uh, this is always a big project, you know, when we're looking at our next series of our reading the Bible together podcast, and, uh, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, just organizing, you know, getting people as guests and talking with them and producing those. And, you know, every, before every conversation, I always pray, you know, we're recording this today, this conversation today, but it's going to play on this day. And then someone could listen to it at any time. You know, we have people accessing the the podcast all the time. And so I guess the encourage what would encourage me today is to know that people are praying that the Holy Spirit would be involved in that process because he's the one that's going to bring transformation when people get into the word. He's the one that is, um, you know, the word is alive and active and he's the one that's going to be able to, to use that whenever someone's at because God knows where someone's at when they're reading the word. And so I think that would to know that people are praying praying behind the scenes for 
that God would be in this. Because if it was, this was the Angie show, that that just you know, it wouldn't be any good. It would you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same effect well, as with the Holy well. Spirit not being in it. <laughs> Um, so we can still access, um, prior, um, uh, prior, what are we calling them? Series of the Reading the Bible Together program? Yes. Yes. You can on myfaithradio.com, we have a Reading the Bible Together resource page. So you can access all of the studies that we've already done. You have access to the study guides. You can also subscribe to the Reading the Bible Together podcast that I host. We've been, that we've been talking about. And all of the podcast episodes are there that have accompanied all of the the studies that we've done in the past. I love that. All right. So all of it's accessible at My Faith Radio. It's all free. It's mm-hmm. all good. It's all reliable. You get to hear An- Angie and sometimes you get to hear me with Angie. You know, there you go. That'll be a tease. <laughs> um, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Angie Smith is the producer for Susie Larson Live. She's also the producer for the Faith Radio Reading the Bible Together series. We've got an upcoming series starting on November the 27th for the season of Advent, and we'd love for you to join us. So go to MyFaithRadio.com and uh, sign up today to join us in the Reading the Bible Together series during Advent. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Blessed are the bound and broken, you're a citizen, and your faith will prove it. Blessed are the persecuted, and the wounded, you'll be crowned as rulers. The first will be last, and the last will be kings. The small will be great, and the great will be weak. This is a kingdom. together this week together um, let us consider where in the word we are today where in the word are you today i'm encouraging everybody to be in the book of philippians uh noting all of the references to joy and what it means to live as people who are content in the midst of all circumstances also encouraging you to be in the book of colossians take note of the references in every single chapter of the book of colossians to thanksgiving and thankfulness and a thankful heart let us be people of prayer today and prayers of thanksgiving, giving God all the glory he is due, counting our blessings. Let's not let Thanksgiving be just a day. Let's allow Thanksgiving to be the way we operate in the world and what animates our lives. So happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend and God bless.